For retirees, any unexpected deviations to their post-employment plans can mean difficult choices, unwanted lifestyle changes, or potentially both. And that's why former local government employees around the state are concerned about efforts to amend their health insurance benefits. For more on the issue, including a legislative effort in Albany to restrict the ability of municipalities to make changes, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Ed Farrell, Executive Director of the Retired Public Employees Association. Welcome back to the show, Ed. Thank you. My pleasure. So municipal leaders uh, around the state uh, looking to save money on health insurance costs for retired employees have been exploring and in some cases uh, actively changing the health plans for some of their former workers. What are the types of changes that you've seen considered or implemented in recent years, Ed, that have you concerned? The main concern on the part of the retirees is that when they retire, they have a good idea of what their benefits are going to be going forward. As you know, retirees are not part of a bargaining unit anymore because they are retirees. But they do rely upon their former employer in many instances to help them with health insurance in retirement. Most retirees, once you turn 65, you go on Medicare. Uh, and then there are supplemental plans involved. So once you're out there, they are feel comfortable with what they have. And any change is unanticipated and unexpected. And so what is the change that municipal leaders are trying to push through that is so problematic in the views of retirees and, and in some cases prompting some lawsuits? Correct. Most significantly is New York City. It involves 250,000 retirees and their dependents. The city wanted to take them out of the existing city health insurance plan and move them into a new plan. I'm going to give you a title of something you and your listeners have probably never heard of. It's an employer group waiver plan, commonly known as an egg whip. Okay. So New York City said, we're going to create this egg whip. It's going to be great for you. You're going to have all the same benefits. And coincidentally, the city's going to save, get this, $600 million a year. And theoretically, retirees are getting the same benefits. Uh, so Sounds great. <laughs> uh, except when you go into one of these plans, similar to what happens with the Medicare Advantage plan, you have restricted access as to who you can see. Pre-authorization, it's called, for treatment. That's really where they save money in the most part because they delay treatment or may deny treatment, which is to the detriment of the enrollee. So in New York City, the retirees sued because they were fortunate. In this instance, there was a section of the administrative code that protects them, and they've won twice in court. And you mentioned the Medicare Advantage plans, and for people under the age of 65 who haven't maybe gone down this road yet, a lot of people are familiar with the traditional Medicare plans as opposed to Medicare Advantage plans, which are administered by private insurance companies. And under Medicare Advantage, uh, the federal government pays, say, a private insurance company to actually handle patients' health care. And the issue, at least according to people who critique this model is that the, they require, as you mentioned, pre-authorization, which means patients must request coverage for treatment before they undergo the medical procedures that they think are necessary for them or that their maybe primary care doctor says is necessary for them. Why is that that bad of a hurdle for 
patients to have to go through? Why is pre-authorization the boogeyman, so to speak? These Medicare Advantage plans are for-profit insurance companies. They make money by not providing services. They get a stipend from the federal government to run this Medicare Advantage plan. And of course, they have to run it at a profit. They are for-profit companies. We've seen instances, and there have been some congressional studies about delaying treatment pre-authorization denials at a higher rate than in traditional Medicare for the same type of procedure. And that's how they save money. They delay treatment or deny treatment. The difficulty is, on the part of retirees, you can voluntarily go into a Medicare Advantage plan. I mean, you were bombarded every fall on TV. Joe Namath is there. Everybody else is there. You can't watch TV without seeing a Medicare Advantage commercial. And people voluntarily sign up. What we're seeing and starting to see is that people are not signing up. They're being involuntarily moved, public retirees I'm talking about, involuntarily moved to a Medicare Advantage plan. Uh, and that's something that we do not agree with. We think it should be a choice. If the retiree chooses to go to a Medicare Advantage plan, that's fine. But to be forced into one, that's not good. You mentioned the rate of authorization in the Medicare Advantage plans compared to the traditional Medicare plans. Is it possible that the traditional Medicare plans are just not critical enough in terms of what they approve, that they should be taking a more rigorous eye in terms of how they scrutinize plans, that the advantage approach is the correct one? No, I disagree with that. If you are in traditional Medicare, you're getting treatment that is prescribed by a physician. You can't just show up somewhere and demand to be treated. You have to be under the care of a doctor who authorizes a treatment. But doctors so, have you know, concerns about, say, uh, getting sued for malpractice, so they might order tests that aren't necessary or procedures that are superfluous, whereas the insurance company, in this case a private insurance company, can be more uh, rigorous in its scrutiny because they don't have the same fiscal concerns about, say, a lawsuit that a doctor might have. Well, anybody can get sued for any reason. Medicare has its own guidelines as to what is authorized and what they will reimburse. They just don't reimburse everything. So if you are on Medicare and you go somewhere for treatment, it has to be authorized by Medicare. So you're not getting frivolous treatment or procedures. And you're under the care of a physician. I go back to what the Medicare Advantage concept is. The concept is that you are in a controlled environment. And the way that they make money is to delay treatment or to deny treatment. Some people think Medicare Advantage is, in fact, traditional Medicare. No, they use the word, but these are private insurance companies. Which is what most people in the private sector workforce use. But, but moving on to the legislative response right now, Democratic lawmakers have proposed essentially prohibiting public employers from diminishing the health insurance benefits of public employees once they're retired. Do you feel like that would essentially prevent any sort of transition to Medicare Advantage, an unwanted transition to Medicare Advantage in the future? Or 
could this leave some sort of wiggle room, this language, if there's an argument that, well, this isn't really diminishing your benefits, it's just changing the process of accessing your benefits? The word diminution of benefits is something that could be subject to interpretation. You are correct in that regard. But we think the we support the bill. Mm-hmm. We think it's better than what is out there, which is nothing. As I said earlier, New York City has language which protected them. Most public retirees do not have similar language. And they're not part of the bargaining unit. And sometimes, like in New York City, uh, it was the unions who made the deal to move the retirees because the $600 million annually, they wanted that money for current employees. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining. This is the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Ed Farrell, Executive Director of the Retired Public Employees Association. So the bill, according to my reading of it, is limited to former public employees, but the issue of health benefits being diminished in retirement is also an issue that the private sector is seeing right here in the capital region. There were some well-known stories about General Electric and what was going on with, with its former employees. So is there a case to be made that this bill should be more broadly applied? Should it apply to workers regardless of whether you're in the public or private sector? I would say that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. It also would be incredibly difficult it's, it's going to be difficult to get this bill adopted as it relates just to public employees. If you were to extend it to the entire universe of retirees, that would be very difficult. Let me just say, though, there is some interest on the federal level. There is a bill introduced in the House by representatives uh, Torres and Malatokas, both from New York City. And it's called the Right to Medicare Act. And it says that... You cannot, anyone cannot be moved involuntarily into a Medicare Advantage plan. That it would take an affirmative action on the part of the enrollee to make the switch. And what do you think about, instead of relying on state or federal legislation like you just mentioned, simply pressuring local elected officials on these issues? Because we've seen that that can work. Uh, I think of the example of Cortland County, where the legislature backed off uh, after uh, initially planning this type of transition. So what do you think about just taking this on in a case-by-case basis and and appealing to local voters and and local uh, officials uh, with the same sorts of arguments that you've raised here today? I agree. And it did happen in Cortland County, as you said. It's very difficult Mm -hmm. because the retirees are pretty much on their own where they are. They're not part of the union. They're not organized per se. And it's hard for them to understand totally what's going on because it's always pitched that this is going to be equal to or maybe even better than what you have. In Cortland County, that's what they were saying until some of the retirees started digging deeper. Uh, They did get organized. And they did put pressure on the county legislature, and they backed off. So in the case of, say, New York City or other municipalities, this is really done to save money. And potentially, this is done in lieu of other cost-saving measures. So how would you want to justify keeping these costs, these Medicare benefits, as opposed to other cuts that could be potentially avoided if these 
retirees were to transition to, say, Medicare Advantage. What's the, the reason why this is a good source of local government spending? I think there's a difference between public employment and private employment. When you go into the public sector, you know what your benefits are while you're an employee. You have a sense of what your benefits will be upon retirement. We think if cost-saving measures are to be taken, they should be taken prospectively so that people who retire in the future will have a different plan than perhaps those who have retired now. It's hard when you're you're on a fixed income. And when you have a change in something as major in your life as a, as a senior citizen with health benefits and access to care, uh, that's really priority number one. And if you put in your entire working career in public service with the expectation that upon retirement, these benefits would be there, we think that's a re- reasonable covenant between the employer and the retiree. Uh, If they want to make changes, you can make changes and say, for future retirees, it's going to be X instead of Y. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Ed Farrell. He is the executive director of the Retired Public Employees Association. Ed, thanks for visiting us in the studio. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.